Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. In this episode, I'm going to talk about getting your kids ready to go off to college. So if you have middle teens, older teens, this is going to be really important for you. But even if you have little kids, listen to this anyway, because there are things you can be doing to get them ready. And there'll be patterns that I'm going to talk about that you'll notice at earlier times. So we'll focus on how to get your children ready for college. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So this is actually probably the biggest childhood transition that there is. And it's a really interesting transition because once kids get to high school, it's something that's very present in their mind. It's talked about a lot with parents, teachers, you know, when you get to college and you have to get these marks, you can get to college. It's this big thing that's sort of built up and talked about and talked about for years. And as it gets closer and closer, the anxiety around that really starts to peak. So, and there's sort of different um, phases that kids go through as they get closer and closer to college. So one of the stages that really you start to notice is around um, the fall, the year before they go to college, you will see often quite a spike in anxiety. You'll see anger, irritability, um, you'll often see regression in some ways going backwards. You may hear things like, I'm not going to go to college. I've decided not to go. I can't, I'm going to be homeless. You'll hear these sort of dramatic statements, which can, which can be very alarming as a parent, especially if they're not, um, you know, doing their work or doing what you'd like them to do in terms of their academics. Um, it's almost where they realize, oh, wow, this is close. This is really close. This is closer than it's ever been. I'm scared. And so some kids will actually verbalize that. They'll, they'll articulate it and they'll talk about it. Other kids will not. It will come out more like, I can't wait to get out of here and I can't stand this house and you people aren't going to see me at all after I leave. It's sort of these dramatic, um, really not nice um, behaviors and it's just this, I call it the, the fall freak out where they just kind of go through all of these emotions and you're, you're going to think, who is this kid? Then they kind of settle down. So when, when those um, applications are going in and, you know, that, that, that sort of big amount of work around that is done, uh, they start to settle down. It's a bit of a calmer period until about, and then there's sort of the, 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 the flutter around what colleges am I getting into, what universities are getting into, and other kids are getting accepted. And there's a lot of flurry around that. Um, and then there's another spike where around now, actually, around this time of year, th they will really get difficult again. I hate this place. I can't wait to get out of here. You're not going to hear from me in September when I'm in residence. Um, or, or when I'm next year, for, you know, even if they're living in the house, you won't be able to control me. You won't be able to tell me what to do. There's again, quite an escalation in that um, kind of push away behavior. They can get quite nasty. Um, then that sort of settles down 
a little bit. And then summer's usually not too bad. And then right around the time that they are, if, if they are actually going off to college and leaving, then there's sort of a gentle um, reconnection and you know, they'll be talking a lot about things that they miss and their childhood and um, a little bit of homesickness might come in and where are you going to visit me? And some kids get really homesick at college, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. If your child is not going to college and they're taking a gap year, you will see some of these same cycles. It, 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 there'll be less fear, obviously, because they're not going to college, but that will be replaced by knowing that other people are making those decisions and they'll second guess their gap year a little bit. Um, I think a gap year can be absolutely wonderful for kids who need to um, mature a little bit, who, kids who need that readiness. Um, I think working and having that structure uh, and not having assignments hanging over their, over their heads, or if you're able to, um, some kind of um, volunteering, some other experiences are really, really good for kids during their gap years. So the gap year needs to have some texture and some meaning so that they're actually learning and moving forward. But you'll see some of the same um, behaviors. You will, with in either way, you will see a bit of a grieving which actually happens around now where it really hits them. You know, proms are happening, graduations are happening. Um, you know, the summer is coming up and the high school is actually behind them now. And you might actually see some tears. You might actually see um, some regression even a little bit that they're not ready and they're, they're afraid of taking this big leap forward. Um, and there's lots of things you can do. So during this time, you know, our, our, um, our instinct is to go, you can do it and you've prepared for this and you've got this and, and that's okay. There's a time for that. But, but before you do that, go back to the earlier episodes of my podcast and really exercise that calm technique, that mirroring technique where you just sit with them and remember things with them and talk about things with them. And, you know, if they say things like, I'm scared, I don't know if I, I can do it. Just, just mirror that and say, it seems like a really big change, doesn't it? It seems so big. You're really scared you're not going to be able to do it. Our tendency is to go, of course you will, of course you will. But actually stay with them, stay with it. It's really, really important that they feel like they can work that through with you. You'll know in the conversation when it's time to shift um, to something more practical and solution focused. They'll say, well, what did you do? And how did you feel? And will you be able to come and visit me? Or can you help me? They'll, they will shift the conversation themselves when it's time to talk about solution. When that shift happens, and they'll go back and forth, by the way, when that shift happens, there's a few things that you can help to prepare them for. Um, one, I really highly suggest if kids are going away to college, they will, uh, some kids will go and they won't want to come back till Thanksgiving. Um, some kids will want to come back every weekend. And I highly recommend that you work out a plan with your child that they they stay at school for at least the first six weeks. They, you can come and visit them a couple of times, but they, they, there are all kinds of things that the universities do to build rapport. There are events, there are icebreaker things. There are all kinds of things going on. There's scavenger hunts in the residence. There's, there's things that are going on to pull everyone together. And most of the universities and especially with COVID and the increase in mental health issues, they really have upped their game in terms of supporting first-year students and freshmen, like really helping them to feel comfortable, giving them resources. 
that is where they make their friendships. That's where they start their bonds. And if they're coming home every weekend, they're, they're going to miss out on some of that. And it's going to take longer for them to actually engage. So that's tricky because you don't want to make them feel like you don't want them there, but you just say, I love you enough um, to tell you that I really feel like it's important that you stay at school for the first six weeks to really get into it. You may get lots of calls, lots of tears. You'll do lots of mirroring, sending, you know, lots of messages of confidence. If they're not too far away, you can come and visit. That's my recommendation. Um, some kids have a much harder time adjusting to college than others. Some launch right in and they're perfectly fine. Um, so that's, I mean, it depends on your child. The other thing that happens a lot, and this is something to really prepare your college kids for, there is definitely, um, it is more difficult in college. The, the expectations are higher for the work that is handed in. They are, colleges are pretty good if, you're, if your child has uh, learning needs, ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, they're pretty good. So if they have any diagnoses like that, it's really important to help your child navigate. It's, it's a pretty complicated process, but getting them set up with student services so they can have access to accommodations right away, like exams not being stacked back to back, having a quiet space to write their tests or exams in, uh, extensions or, or breaking down uh, projects and things. So those are really important. And there's usually an advisor um, that, so you have an academic advisor and then you also have a student services advisor, someone who really helps you with your, your, your um, accommodations. What often happens there is those counselors get really busy. And at the beginning, nobody makes any appointments with them. And then when it comes to um, exams and when papers are due, there, there aren't just uh, uh, appointments available. So maybe making some of those appointments in advance and helping your child to do that would be great. And then that person can take over and you can step out. Um, helping your child to realize that the academic year in college is very, very fast, much faster than high school. So in high school, you start and then there's a lot of review and then there's kind of a, a wind up and it's really a good four weeks before things start to get really, um, the workload starts to increase. That is not the case in college. In college, you start, you go for about a week, it's frosh week, this is fun, everything's exciting, wow. And by the second week, you're already needing to do your readings and stay on top of things because the third week in can already be midterms. So it is a very fast pace. So a lot of kids go into college with their kind of high school habits. Oh, I'll do my, you know, my essay two or three nights before. Um, oh, I can study the night before. And those um, habits do not work in college, particularly leaving projects to the end. So in college, you would have, or sorry, in high school, you would have projects that were more staggered. And so they, certainly the, you know, the, the, the kids who, who um, you know, had really good command of, you know, writing and read, could read and could consolidate really quickly, could do those things at the last minute and it worked and they'd still end up with a good mark. They won't end up with as good a mark doing that. And here's the other issue there will be multiple assignments all at once. There will be a week or two, especially around October, November, where there are maybe five projects, assignments, labs due all at the same time. And so they cannot do that. They have to start their projects in advance. So sitting down at the beginning of school 
and writing in their calendar on a big whiteboard, make sure one of the purchases you get for the for residents or for their rooms if they're staying home is a big whiteboard where they write down where that when their midterms are, when big assignments are due, they usually get that at the beginning of the course in the syllabus from the prof. Um, and that's written down and also in their phone with reminders set. So Siri, if they have an iPhone or if they have an Android phone, somebody, some kind of administrative virtual assistant to remind them, um, you know, three days before, five days before, 30 minutes before it's time to start studying those kinds of things. Those really helping them to use those things. Um, try really hard not to help them too much. Um, parents are still, you know, can you, can you help me with this? Can you help me write this? Can you read this over? Can you, um, if, if you have set that up with your child uh, in high school, they will likely expect that from you in college. They need to become more independent in college. Um, so it's really important that you don't help them too much. If they do ask you, Hey, can you read this over for me? If they're asking you at 11 o'clock at night, the answer is no. I love you enough to say no. You need to find out what happens if you can't do these things on your own. And I'm, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm done. My brain has shut off for the night. You're going to have to do it yourself or you're going to have to hand it in the way it is. So that is very difficult to do, but that's really important. You can't have them relying on you for that uh, throughout college. It's really important. And, and university is a time where they really are learning how to learn. They're learning about being independent. They're developing those skills on their own. Um, you can sort of lay this out for them, but also for you, you need to expect, and they do too, they, you need to expect that their marks are going to drop. Um, sometimes a really big drop. Sometimes kids who were getting 90s will start getting 60s. First year university um, marks are usually much lower, like 15 to 20% drop even. Um, and if kids aren't prepared for that, they're going to get really upset. So it's important that they know that and that you have that expectation that it's very normal. They have to not only learn how to learn, they got to get to their classes. They've got to stay up on work independently. It's an adult education model. So they have five hours between class and they think, oh, I've got some time off. It's, it's not time off. It's actually time to go back to your dorm or the library and do your reading from the course that you just took. So you stay on top of these things. Um, so maybe having a little conversation too about the gaps that you have in between classes is not time off. It's actually, you're still in school. They're, they're learning blocks that they need to put into their calendar and go and spend a couple of hours in the library after a class, then go get some lunch. Then you can go goof around for, with friends for a bit. Then you go to your next class and then there's another learning block. So really laying that out for them is helpful. They're also learning how to do their laundry, how to eat, how to go to sleep, when to go to sleep, how to get up on their own. There is so much that they're learning in addition to making friends and creating a new friendship group and having all of this independence. There is so much that their brain is figuring out in that first semester that that all impacts grades. And the universities know that they, they weigh things quite differently. By second semester, they start to figure some of those things out and the, the grades start to come up. And then each year that they go through college, you'll see the marks actually going back up to sort of where they looked, where they were in, in university, sorry, in, in high school. For some kids, it is a really big transition and they can have a really hard time and they can, um, they can crash. That's a different podcast. I'll, I'll have a different podcast at some point 
Um, there's a certain percentage of kids that just get overwhelmed and they were helped along and supported so much in, in high school that they actually have a really hard time and they can't do it. And so warning signs are, you know, if you really, if your kid's not talking very much about what's going on at school, if they're not using the resources that are available to them, if they're avoiding things, um, those are, you know, if they're not doing things that they would normally do, if they are masking all that by, you know, partying way too much and not taking their work seriously, sometimes there has to be a, a moment of sort of reckoning where they realize I can't, I'm, I have to make some changes and it has to come from them. It can't come from you. Um, I'll do a different podcast about this. Um, we'll sort of keep it at sort of the, the trending sort of more typical experiences that kids have, but there will be these dips. There will be some moments where like, oh, what's going on? I don't know. Um, and honestly, I, and I know that a lot of parents do this. They keep the tracking devices on so they can see what, why are they, why aren't they in the library? And what are they doing out so late? And I really very highly recommend that you don't do that. This is a time where they need to develop themselves as adults. They are not babies anymore. It, it's, it's sending such a message to them that you don't trust them, that they haven't really grown up, that, that umbilical cord is like still there while they're at college. I really highly recommend turning that off. If your child is driving home or something and it's a, you know, a two hour drive, have it on for that so you can see how they're safe. But the rest of the time, do not have that on. The other reason I suggest that is it's horrible for you. You will be so much more anxious following them and being hyper-concerned about where they are than if you don't have that thing on. So the, also for, for parents, it's really accepting that your child is at a stage where they're um, in this more adult-like world. You have to sit back and trust them a little bit. You have to trust that all the love and all the work and all the support you've put into it um, has gotten them ready for this. Um, you'll also be going through a lot, especially when it's your first child, there really is nothing like driving away after you leave them in residence. It is, it is a really intense, um, exciting, bittersweet, sad, allow yourself to feel everything that you're going to feel really try though, to make sure that that doesn't hold your child back. And that doesn't get in the way of their happiness and excitement about this process. Um, it is a very, very big transition and it starts now. So parents who are listening, who have kids who are going into grade 12 or senior year, have this in your mind, uh, be ready for some of these stages. And for those of you have, who have little kids, you know, it's such a reminder of, you know, when you're in the thick of it with your kids and you just think, oh, I can't do this. This is so exhausting. I can't stand the fighting. I can't stand it. You are going to blink and be sitting at that dinner table alone with your spouse or your, your, uh, you know, then that child will, will be off in, in college or university. It is so fast and people always tell you that, but it's really, really true. So be, be aware of how important these years are that you have with your kids and how fast they go. So I'll do, I'll do another um, post on, on college in a little bit, just because it, it's something that parents think about all the time. And it is a conversation that really starts happening in high school with families. Um, and if you don't have a teenager now, you will. So this is all important. Um, if you want more information, I go deeper into this in our teen course, in the online uh, parenting masterclass teen course. Certainly this, these are questions I answer in the coaching calls uh, for people who are part of that program. We have uh, sort of two groups of parents that are in the Connected Parenting Village. We've got um, 
you know, questions and, and uh, support that focuses more on little kids. And then we have lots of support for parents of older kids and even college kids. So, uh, and we've got our, you know, our books. There's, there's lots of resources for you at Connected Parenting. So thank you so much. I will see you again on another episode of Connected Parenting. <laughs>